episode 120 of Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to get everyone on your holiday Zoom call to figure out their tech issues. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about our favorite poorly rated games. First, Ambi reviews Adventure Games Volcanic Island, and I discuss Board Game Arena and some of the newer games that have gotten implementations there. Then, we talk about the games that are near the bottom of the top 5,000 on Board Game Geek that we really enjoy. And now, here are your hosts, Ambi and Crystal. A couple of quick announcements before we hop into the main episode. And for those of you who have been listening to our show for a few years, you know that we give you a new episode of Board Game Blitz every two weeks without fail. And we have since the beginning of time with one exception, and that is during the month of December, we take a one episode holiday break. And even though the holidays are weird this year, (laughs) we're continuing the trend and giving ourselves a tiny bit of time off. So in two weeks, there will not be a new episode, but we will be back Mm -hmm. in January with bells on. So prepare for that. But we might have a special interview episode that's not like one of our normal episodes coming out sometime in the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure yet. Um, I will be interviewing Toby Mao, <laughs> the creator of 18xx.games. Oh my gosh, you got an <laughs> exclusive interview with Toby? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that'll, that'll be exciting. Also, if you're listening to this episode the day it releases, Thursday, December 17th, it's Crystal's birthday. Yay, happy Yay! birthday. It's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so if you're not part of our Discord yet, you can join it, and we have some birthday shenanigans going on today and tomorrow and the next day. So yeah, that's join it's us. weird. I was actually a little bit like bummed about a quarantine birthday, but I'm kind of loving it now because it's giving me the opportunity to celebrate with everybody, mm-hmm. like not just my local Las Vegas friends, but everyone. So tonight, again, if you're listening to this, when it, the episode drops, we're doing Jackbox games and a BYOC party. That's bring your own cake. Tomorrow night, we are doing a fancy dress party, which obviously is optional if you don't want to. But if you want to put on fancy clothes because you haven't in a long time, you can do that tomorrow night and join us. And on Saturday, it is a pajama party and we're going to play Among Us. And so I'm really excited about that. So make sure you're in our Discord so you can join in. Ambie and I have been streaming on our Twitch channel a lot lately. So if y'all are not following us on Twitch, head over to twitch.tv slash boardgameblitz and click that little heart follow button. This Sunday, which is December 20th, we are actually going to stream in the afternoon Pacific time around probably 1230 Pacific, um, 330 Eastern. And Ambie and I are going to remotely play The Curious Stairs of Mr. Hinks together on stream. We each have a copy of the game and we're going to play it together remotely. And I'm really (laughs) excited about it. Yeah, me too. So make sure you join us on Twitch for that. Uh, Ambie streams every Thursday night. I've been streaming randomly during the evenings and on the weekends. So lots of cool stuff coming there as well. Also, this Saturday on Ravensburger's Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash Global, we will be participating in a strike tournament, the official strike tournament for 2020, along with Rolling Dice and Taking Names and a bunch of other people. So we'll be Team Dice in a Bowl versus Team Gladiators in Arena. And it'll be a lot of fun. That's Saturday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern time. 
Recently, I got a review copy of Adventure Games The Volcanic Island, which is, I think, the newest or one of the newest <laughs> games in the Adventure Games series. I talked about the Adventure Games series previously uh, with The Dungeon and Monochrome Inc. The Volcanic Island was published in 2019, and similar to the other ones, this is a point-and-click adventure in a board game. So it's a storybook with lots of different passages, and there's cards that are different locations, illustrated cards, and you move your characters to the different locations on the cards and then read that part of the storybook. And you can find items and combine things to read a new number in the storybook. There's also an app that you can use, and you type in the number, and then it reads it for you. We actually used the app this time. The first two games we used the book, but the app is better because then you don't like read other parts of the story. But it reads it slower than you would read, so there's a trade-off. But you, you can like read the text in the app. <laughs> so like if you don't want spoilers from reading different parts of books like you do in passage book board games, then then definitely get the app for adventure games. So in Adventure Games Volcanic Island, there were four different chapters. It says 75 minutes playing time on BGG, but for us, the first two chapters were like 30 minutes each, and the third and fourth chapter were longer, probably around 75 minutes each. So I guess the first two were kind of like one sitting for us. This one, compared to the other ones that we played, felt more story-driven. There, there were lots of branching paths, and the, the goals felt more story-based to us. Um, the other games were also story-based, which and we like that a lot. It's uh, I mentioned before it was like how we thought time stories should be, <laughs> like um, very, very story-based and and like you could actually do what you want to do. So the the story is that your students inspecting an island to find any clues about weird things happening. As you go, there's four chapters of the story. Like each chapter, you have a new goal and things evolve. But I'm not going to tell you because that's spoilers. It's called the Volcanic Island, so that might give you an idea of the island. <laughs> I there may be volcanoes involved. <laughs> yes. And something really interesting about this game is that chapter four has two completely different arcs to it. So it says this in the in the rule book. So this isn't a spoiler, but there's two completely different chapter fours, depending on what you do at the end of chapter three. So you can play chapter four twice and not overlap at all for separate stories. Um, I only played it once because it's a complete story and I think that it's like in parallel. So if you go like one way versus if you go another way, it's like the same overarching story, but you end up doing something differently. So you'll get completely different encounters. That makes sense. And you're going to different locations and stuff. So you could play chapter four twice. So it could be like five different chapters of playtime. Yeah. So I liked it a lot. I still really like adventure games. It's a lot of um, reading. Well, or if you have the app read to you, it's a lot of uh, written stuff happening. A lot of listening. <laughs> yeah, a lot of listening. So it, it's definitely if you for people who want like a story-driven game. <laughs> and it takes a good amount of time to play for the story-driven part because you're reading a lot of lengthy passages and going different places. But it, it's it's a good story, I think. And it's fun. There are some like small puzzles and stuff. And you get like points for doing different things, but mostly it's you're there for the story and it feels a lot like a point and click computer game, but in board game form. So that was Adventure Games Volcanic Island. I'm not sure how I like it compared to the other ones. Like I, I really liked all of them. So I don't know. I don't know if I like it better or 
or not, but they were all very good. <laughs> well, you have me excited to play it. Our, our friends at Cosmos sent Ambie a review copy and then mm-hmm. later also offered me a review copy. So mine just showed up recently and I haven't played it yet, but I'm really looking forward to it. I wonder, Ambie, do you think this is something that I could stream the first chapter or two of and then leave it at that and kind of like almost do it as like a tease for people like, hey, play along with the first part of this. But then if you want to play the rest of it, you have to actually buy the game. Like, do you think that would work? Well, it could could be. Yeah. Oh, you should probably check with Cosmos. I mean, yes, yes definitely. With yes. Them too, but <laughs> yeah, I, it's interesting. I really want to show off some of these escape room games. And I've been trying to figure out a mm-hmm. way to stream them in a way that is both engaging for the chat, but also doesn't potentially ruin them if people are Mm -hmm. interested in picking them up and i haven't quite figured out the solution to that yet yeah for this one like each chapter has like a different thing that happens so they feel like full games in each chapter but then the story is continuing at the end of each chapter we were like "Ooh, like (laughs) oh this happened or oh what's gonna happen (laughs) because of this (laughs) i'm not trying to be vague right right but yeah so it would I think especially with this one, because the, the chapter is concluded at specific points, uh, I think in Monochrome Inc., like, we ended up doing a bunch of the end chapter, like, in the second chapter. So our third chapter, we didn't have to do that much. But in this one, I think they're more distinct chapters. So okay. that might even be better for streaming than the other one, or at least than okay. Monochrome Inc. Cool. Hey, Ambie, guess what? Hmm, what? It's still hard to play board games during a pandemic. Yeah, yes. I knew that. (laughs) So I have actually been playing more games online, shockingly. But so what I wanted to do today is I actually wanted to revisit my thoughts on BoardGameArena.com, which we have mentioned Mm -hmm. a lot during the past few months as one of the places that you can play board games online. And I have had nothing but good things to say about BoardGameArena.com. Spoiler alert, I still have nothing but good things to say about them. They are wonderful. But specifically, I've tried some new two Board Game Arena games in recent months that I had played in physical form before. And now I've gotten to play the online implementations of those games. And so I wanted to call a few of them out because I think... There might be people who aren't getting on Board Game Arena that often, and they may not realize all of the new games that have been added. Specifically, the five that I just wanted to mention by name. Welcome to is now on Board Game Arena, as well as Welcome to Las Vegas, or Welcome to New Las Vegas, whatever that one's called. I haven't played the Las Vegas one yet, and I should. Kingdom Builder, The Crew, which y'all have heard a lot about from us, Boomerang, and Downforce. And some of those games kind of like, surprise me. I like Downforce. I was like, how are you going to play Downforce on Board Game Arena? But it actually works really well. Like they have the whole board on there and you see all of the cars and it works really, really well. Welcome to as a roll and write. I was like, how is that going to work? But when you click into the little squares, it just lets you fill in what number you want to fill in. And it's really simple and intuitive. I think Tabletopia and Tabletop Simulator get more buzz because they physically simulate the tabletop experience in a way that looks more familiar. But Mm. the more I've played games online, and don't get me wrong, I enjoy playing games on Tabletopia and Tabletop Simulator, but I continue to find myself going back to Board Game Arena. It may not look as flashy, but it is 
almost universally faster to play every game there than it is on the other platforms and more intuitive and easier just in general. Like things are pretty straightforward and they put a lot of thought into the design of these implementations. I played the crew for the first time on Board Game Arena on our friend Amanda's stream recently. We played through levels one through, we got to level 10, we didn't beat level 10. And it works so well. Like playing the crew online was great on Board Game Arena. So I think this is really neat and it's a good thing to bring up again because I'm sure that there are people out there who maybe we mentioned these websites early in the pandemic and they were like, oh, that sounds fun. I should try that at some point. And we're all still trapped at home. And honestly, I am happy to be a premium supporter of Board Game Arena. I give them a small amount of money once a year and I feel like I have gotten my investment back in exponentially back like it the amount of entertainment it has provided me during this pandemic is so good and the people who run the site it's a small team and they really do seem to care about the community and all of the implementations are legal and publisher approved whereas if you go to somewhere mm -hmm. like tabletop simulator that isn't always the case although I have found some interesting mods on tabletop simulator that I really want to try out <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I'm going to spiral this into a question for you, Ambie. Mm -hmm. Do you think it is, I mean, we're, we're not lawyers. So if I say legally, okay, that's a kind of silly statement to make. But do you think it's okay to play an unapproved mod on Tabletop Simulator for a game that you already own? So you have paid money for the thing. You own it. Is it okay to play the unapproved mod? Yeah, I feel like it would be okay like, I, I think it would be okay for me. Because in my mind, if I invited my friends over to my house to play yeah. a game, they didn't buy the and game, but I've invited them to play with me. I own it and whatever else. And then if in theory, if I did the same thing online for a game that I already own. So mm -hmm. did you know that games like Atmosphere have tabletop simulator mods? <gasps> really? <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> I found that and I was like, Oh, we have to make that happen. But, so, but you said it has jump scares. I remember you saying that. Okay, but it's not that bad. <laughs> also, honestly, I'm not sure how the jump scares would work in a digital format. It would be interesting huh, to see. Yeah. I don't like jump scares at all. And that mm -hmm. game is fine for me. So, okay. As context. I know I'm going on a tangent here, but <laughs> I would love to hear our listeners' thoughts on this. Because truthfully, Ambie and I have had discussions in the past about especially what we're streaming like on Twitch and things like that. And we don't want to put out content about things that are not publisher approved because A, you know, there is legal gray area there. And B, the unapproved mods may not be built correctly or to the specs of the original game because the, the publisher didn't approve it. But for a game like Atmosphere, where it's like old and it's out of print and the publisher doesn't even exist anymore, I feel like, yeah. and I definitely own it, I feel like that's definitely that's true, something yeah. that we could stream. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know like what everyone else thinks, but... Yeah, I, I'd be I, curious to know what everybody it. else thinks, but um, we are trying to be thoughtful about that kind of stuff. Okay, mm -hmm. so circling back around... That's what Tabletop Simulator is apparently good for. But Board Game <laughs> Arena is great. And oh, and the thing that I think most people don't even realize, Board Game Arena has voice and video chat built into the website. You can literally chat with your friends through voice and video 
in the board game arena, like client. Oh, like, in the I website. didn't know that. Wow. Yes. I know. Most people do not realize this. You can do it. It's uh, and it works pretty well. Like I, I just can't say enough good things, honestly, about board game arena. And so that is why I wanted to feature them today because it's great and I would highly recommend it and if anybody ever wants to play a game add me on board game arena my username is dabo girl previously we've done our list of one in a hundred games which is out of the first thousand we pick one in each hundred rank in bgg that was our favorite and we did that all the way down to 2000 and we were thinking of going further but <laughs> there started being like whole gaps where we hadn't played any games so instead i found a uh, geek list that says that people were looking at the top 10 games starting from the bottom up so they have a list or they, they had a link where you can go that filters out expansions and it gets all the bgg game rankings from page 50 which is i guess rank 5000 and going backwards yeah because the rankings don't go beyond 5000 right like i think they do go beyond 5000 but like to make a link oh, where you can right. visit it <laughs> it doesn't so this isn't technically like the worst. yeah it's not it's... the worst no but but, but like, they're low the 5000th ranked <laughs> game on board game geek that doesn't sound impressive even if there are thousands and thousands of games below it yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, we just picked 10 games that we would recommend to people starting from the bottom up. And we're just going to go over them quickly because we don't have that much time. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're, this episode's already going to be long, but we will, if y'all want to know more about any of these games, you know, you can always holler at us in all of the usual places. But yeah, mm -hmm. we're starting at 5,000 and going backwards with the ones that we would recommend. Mm -hmm. First for me is Rolling Japan at Rank 4,926. This is my first this one, too. <laughs> okay, yay! Overlap. I was thinking it might be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we played, like, Rolling America on stream or something. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And so Rolling America and Rolling similar. Japan are functionally the same game. Yeah, just a different map. It's a fun, quick roll and write. Good for playing in line, which is where I played it. <laughs> so that was my number 10 as well. My number 9 is... Rank number 4908, and that is Tricky Tides, which is a board game, trick-taking, pick-up-and-deliver game. And it is very unique and super fun. Uh, Z Garcia actually taught it to me at one of the conventions that we were at. I think it was Dice TowerCon. And yeah, if you think trick-taking and pick-up-and-deliver don't go together, you're wrong, because they do, and this one is fun. So I would recommend Tricky Tides. The number nine for me is rank 4911. And that's Robot Turtles, which is a kid's programming game. A lot of these in my list are going to be children's games because those are ranked lower on BoardGameGeek. But Robot Turtles is great. It has it teaches basic programming with little images of cards that the kids can play. And then you can move the turtle to go to the gym. So it's really cool. And it advances levels as you go. I haven't played it with my kids yet, but in a few years. They'll get there. They are. They, you've been having them unbox Haba games. Yes. And it's pretty cute. Yeah. And they like playing with the pieces. All right. My number eight is rank number 4823. And that is Growl, uh, which we have covered here on the podcast before. Our friend Joey Vigor is the designer of that game. And it's a quick social deduction game where cards are passed out and then swapped around and given out to other players. And at the end of the game... All of the werewolves 
literally have to howl and it's adorable. <laughs> like it's very cute. It's quick game. It's fun. And I really enjoy it. So that's why my number eight is Growl. That one almost made my list, but I wanted other things to go on the list. <laughs> it took out it was some. Kind of hard to pick, like yeah. My number eight was Ghostel, which is ranked four thousand eight hundred seventy nine. This is a game where you're um, your ghosts trying to scare people out of a hotel, and. I picked it mostly because my friend is in it. She won a contest, like a photo contest, where they sent in their photo and they could be a, a card in the game. So she's one of the cards, one of the people that you're trying to scare out. <laughs> Which is I feel like neat. this one got a lot of buzz when it came out, but now I haven't heard about it in a long time. Yeah, it's a fun little, like a family cooperative game. I mean, not right. cooperative, semi-cooperative. My number seven is Crisscross rank number 4810. It is a really simple abstract roll and write game. We've played it on stream before. It's you're writing down little shapes on a square grid and then getting points based on where shapes end up next to one another in rows. Um, really, really simple, easy to teach, easy to learn, great to break out like for a quick little filler. I really enjoy it. So that is crisscross and that's spelled C-R-I-S-S and then cross. My number seven is ranked 4,772 and it is Ultimate Werewolf or Mafia, which is what I played a lot when I was in high school. Social deduction game. I don't play it that much anymore, but we did play it some over Zoom and uh the Dice Tower, they've been posting a lot of videos of that being played. So I was actually surprised to see this one rank this low. I think for a lot of people, other games have replaced it. Like for me, the Resistance replaced it. So then maybe they just rank this one lower since they don't play it anymore. This one, Werewolf gives me anxiety. I played once with the Dice Tower group and for the record, it was fine. Like whatever, but I, it's just not my jam. <laughs> So my number six is technically lower ranked than your number seven. I'm still in the 47, the whatever, I'm at 4795. <laughs> and that is BUS in all capital letters. It is one of the Pac-O-Game games. So it is the size of a pack of gum, a tiny little card game. And this one is actually also a pick up and deliver game where you are literally a bus driver driving around a grid of cards, picking up passengers and taking them where they want to go. It's really easy to set up. It's very small footprint wise. It's fun. It's not my favorite pick up and deliver game, but considering how small it is, it's great. So that is bus. I haven't played that one yet, or it might be on my list. <laughs> My number six is Stolen, S-J-O-E-L-E-N, which is a dexterity game. It's ranked 4,710. I've played it in the at BoardGameGeekCon in the dexterity room. <laughs> You're sliding pucks into these holes. <laughs> uh, there's four holes and you just slide them in. And I mean, I, I like dexterity games, so it's not like a really great dexterity game, but it's fun for just like playing when you have... Like, couple minutes to spare. <laughs> My number five is ranked 4721 and that is Hex Roller, uh, which is another abstract roll and write game. This one's really fun. Dice get rolled and everybody gets to use them. Um, you get to pick certain groups of dice and you're trying to write numbers next to like numbers on a big grid filled with hexagonal shapes. 
there's different colors and different sections and you score based on number placement. Again, very abstract, but super fun. I really like Hex Roller a lot. So that is why it is my number five. My number five is Nyctophobia, which I've mentioned on the podcast before. It's a very unique game. It's a one versus mini horror game where the mini people are blindfolded and it's like very pitch black dark. So the theme is, is very there and you're like feeling around to move your pieces to get away from the axe murderer. So it's a very unique game. And the ranking of Nyctophobia is 4,667. I still haven't played Nyctophobia. I watched you playing it at BGGCon. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought <laughs> so you I got to see it. people I... playing it, but I've still never played it. My number four is rank number 4594, and that is Caravan, which technically I've only played once, but and it was funny because it's one of those games that when I looked at it, I was like, ugh, this looks boring. But um, some friends of mine here in Vegas wanted to play it at Meepleville a while back. And so I was like, yeah, sure. And it ended up being really fun. You take a certain number of actions on your turn. You're putting camels out onto this board. It's also a pick up and deliver game. Interestingly, I guess a lot of my favorite low rated games are pick up and deliver, (laughs) but it's neat because you make this line of camels along the board and then you can deliver goods down the line. So you can kind of move goods on the board without actually having to move the camels necessarily, which makes it pretty interesting. So that is why Caravan is my number four. My number four is SOS Dino, which is a children's game. It's ranked 4,612. This is a cooperative game where you're trying to get dinosaurs all to their nests before the volcano erupts or like or before the lava fills the map basically so it's really cute there's these really cute little dinosaur figurines and it's it's pretty cool you're you, you get to like make choices of where to move the dinosaurs i think i just played the demo once and it, it was pretty neat so that's sos dino another children's game because those are ranked lowly my number three is rank number four five three six and that is fire in the library Fire in the Library is an awesome push-your-luck game that is criminally underrated and more people need to play this game. It is so much fun. You are rescuing books from a burning library and you're drawing cubes out of the bag and just hoping that you're gonna you're not gonna push your luck too hard and burn some stuff down. It's pretty easy <laughs> to learn. It's I, I'd say like a light ish like it's not super light but it's not really medium weight either the box is pretty small it's awesome i really like it i think more people should check it out so that's my number three fire in the library my number three is another kids game ranked 4593 it's called hoot owl hoot so this is for like four-year-olds it's a cooperative game where you draw colors and then there's a colored line for you to go on and you like pick which which owl to move because you go to like the closest color for that owl and you're trying to get all the the owls into the nest before the sun comes up I think oh yeah because owls are nocturnal (laughs) um yeah so it's really cute uh it's good for like what three or four year olds so I I I recommend it as one of the children's later games when they're (laughs) not like their first game but their second games my number two is rank number 4473 on Board Game Geek, and that is Ship Shape, which I've mentioned it on the podcast before, and I still don't understand how nobody talks about this game. It is designed by Rob Davio. It is super fun, and like, it just 
has flown under the radar of a lot of people, I guess. I don't know. What's interesting is Ship Shape could not be played online because the physicality of the foam tiles with holes in them that you're literally looking into from your place at the table, like your location at the table and looking into the hold, so to speak, and seeing into these tiles that are three-dimensional, you wouldn't be able to rep replicate that online, I don't think, in any reasonable fashion. But it's it's honestly, it's kind of a gateway game weight-ish, and it's so much fun. I don't actually own it yet, but I need a copy of this game. I desperately want to buy this. This is going to be going on my wish list, I think, if I don't have it on there already. So that is my number two, Ship Shape. My number two is not a children's game. It's an 18xx game. It's ranked 4,448, and it is 1825 unit one. It has uh, multiple units, and I've played it once. <laughs> but it it was a quite a complex game and I remember enjoying it, but I don't remember many of the details. Uh, it's a rare game and I've heard it's good at two players, but I haven't played it two players. So that's 1825. And my number one, so the highest ranked, low <laughs> ranked rank. game <laughs> that I'm picking for my ten, top 10 list is ranking number 4423. And that is Bunny Bunny Moose Moose, which I <laughs> Only know because of you, Ambi. <laughs> that that was my number eleven, or I guess zero. It would have been <laughs> right above my number one. <laughs> I I've only played this like the one time with Ambi and Toby. It was after I think Dice Tower Con, and we were at Cool Stuff Inc. And we decided to play this. Ambi had talked about it in the past and I was like, okay, I got to try this thing. And it is so silly and I'm not good at it, but it was quite fun. This is definitely the type of game that like is great for a really casual game night or a convention or something like that. Yes, but it's actually quite thinky for a casual game. It's very so. thinky. That's the thing. Yeah. Like it's a silly party game. But it involves a lot of thought. So like if yeah. your friends are the type of people who like to partake in adult beverages, it would be very difficult to play yes. Bunny Bunny Moose Moose. Yes. It's it's a, a lot more relaxing to watch. <laughs> yes. I actually really enjoyed watching other people. Yeah, watch, watching it. is fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the making bunny ears and making the moose horns on my head and everything, it, it was it was funny and silly and I liked it. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of my favorite games. <laughs> well, it's on my top 100. My number one is ranked 4,429, and it's Pirates and Billard. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but it's another dexterity game in the Board Game Geek dexterity thing. There's a grid of wood, and there's a cloth under it, and there's balls in the checkered parts of the grid, and you have a stick with a, a knob on it, and you hit the bottom of the cloth to make the balls bounce. <laughs> And so you're trying to like land them or jump over the other people or like land on certain spots and stuff. So it's really fun just like bouncing the balls across the checkerboard. I remember grid. seeing this in the dexterity area, BGG yeah. Con. I never actually played it, but I was fascinated by it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I like dexterity games. They have such cool ones. They do. And a lot of these dexterity games, I don't know, are they do do they like are there smaller versions of them? Because the ones at BGG Con are like big. Yeah, I think I think this is just that's just how it is for that that's one. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't imagine that being smaller because you're just the stick. That's that's part of the dexterity. So, right. Know. But yeah, that was Pirates and Billard. <laughs> All right. Well, I I really like Ambi that we've been doing these episodes where we're covering games that 
we potentially wouldn't normally cover. I am hoping that some of our listeners are enjoying hearing about different games from us than we usually do. We would love to hear your all's favorite games from the bottom of the top five thousand <laughs> on Board Game Geek. If you want to share those with us in our Slack channel, if you're a Patreon supporter, or our Discord, if you're not, or anywhere on social media. But we are going to leave you for just a little bit. We're going to take a break, but we hope some of you join us for my birthday shenanigans this weekend, um, and or we'll see you in the Discord or wherever else. And we hope you all have a really wonderful holiday, um, no matter what you celebrate. We appreciate you all very, very much, and we're looking forward to coming up on our fifth anniversary in 2021, oh, wow. which... Yeah. That I can't even. It's going to be so fun. So thanks, everybody, for being awesome. Thanks. Bye. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. For the month of December, you can get 20% off your order of all non-exclusive items sold at grayfoxgames.com by entering the promo code HOLIDAYBLITZ at checkout. There's still time to join the pledge manager for Campaign Trail 2nd Edition. Gray Fox Games, quality games cleverly crafted. Support our show and get cool perks for as little as $1 a month by visiting patreon.com slash boardgameblitz. As a patron, you'll get access to pre-edit recordings and our private Slack channel where you can chat with us and other Blitzketeers every day. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mao. Board Game Blitz is part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time, happy birthday to Crystal. Happy birthday to Crystal. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to Crystal. Bye, everyone. Bye. And I discuss some of my favorite games on Board Game Arena. Then, that's not accurate. That wasn't, that wasn't what I discussed. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you're listening to this today, the day this episode releases. <laughs> if you're not a time traveler. No. Okay, wait, no. Okay, let me just say that again. So previously we've done our, shoot, what was it called? One in a hundred? One in a hundred. Okay. <laughs> previously we've done our one in a hundred games list, li- list of game. wait, one in a hundred. <laughs> okay. My number two is not an 18xx, I mean, not a children's game. (laughs) (laughs) It is an 18xx game. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Support our show and get cool perks for as little as $1 a month by visiting (laughs) Patreon.